Hot Rockers and Rollers, you are hanging and banging, that's right. On this somber eve, we are celebrating the life and death of the late, great Eddie Van Halen, guitar god, guitar wizard, king of rock and roll to myself and my fellow Angelinos. So join me in Toscano as we take a trip back to the 80s and we remember some of the great music and some good talk with some good folk about the late, great Eddie Van Halen. Welcome to Back to the 80s. If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is Back, back to the 80s. You are listening to Back to the 80s. Toscano from Toscano and Chang here. Thank you for joining us on another Friday with a wondrous Chang to my side. We're celebrating the life of a fantastic and amazing musician, one who's left a mark on music. That is none other than Eddie Van Halen. And we're also celebrating, guess who, Chang? We are celebrating John Lennon's birthday as well. That's right. You cannot forget the late, great John Lennon. And uh, it, it's somber on both topics. At one point, we could celebrate the life of, of the great John Lennon. But at the same time, we no longer have John Lennon. And it is the exact day after we lose uh, one of the greatest guitar players, musicians, and probably teachers of music uh, that we will ever see again in, in his likes or form. Uh, so it's it's uh, sad and odd that uh, tonight we do this show and uh, we open it up with both of those. I'm sure both men are gathered together in Heaven's Gates and they're probably talking over, you know, the gig that they're going to do because everybody knows when a musician passes away, not only does an, an angel get his wings, but an angel picks up a guitar pick. And then they go to the great gig in the sky. So that's I'm right. Sure both those gentlemen right now are going to collaborate on something great up there. And you are still listening to Back to the 80s. I want to remind you guys to stick around. We've got a great program in spite of the unfortunate circumstances and the passing of Eddie Van Halen. We do have two wonderful guests that are going to be joining us later today. And you are hanging with Toscano and Chang. And this is Back to the 80s. We want to welcome you all back. Remember to hit us on our Facebook page. Uh, hit us on some of our posts. If there's possibly uh, something from the 80s you would like to discuss or bring to our attention, maybe make a, an 80s type funny. Or if there's a type of music or band that you want to talk about, go ahead and hit us there. Also, remember our Patreon page, because uh, if you help us, we can help you. And together we can help each other get through all this chaotic crap that we are going through right now. So with no further ado, Toscano, where the hell are you? <laughs> I'm in the same place I've always been, here in studio. I see, from what I'm looking at, I see that you're in an undisclosed area of maybe uh, Russia, is it? Because I cannot see a thing behind you. Well, I'm out hunting Bigfoot, and I was going to hope to persuade Bigfoot to possibly chime in with Ted and Marshall. But uh, I think he got scared off, and and as a (laughs) matter of fact, he took my Captain Morgan. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I haven't seen him since. But he may be showing up on my Chanksters Gangsters page uh, this Saturday. Sack Watch. I'm looking for Sack Watch. 
That's right. So I want to thank you guys for joining us as we talk about the late, great Eddie Van Halen. I also want to thank you guys for joining our fan page at uh, Facebook and for downloading our programs. It really helps us out a lot. And you guys are the reason why we are here doing this. So once again, thank you guys. And we really, really do appreciate you guys being with us. So Chang, let's kick it all off on this very, very sad note. We know the passing of Eddie Van Halen has meant a lot for the world of music. But what has it meant for the world of Chang? Uh, Well, uh, Eddie Van Halen to me is group Van Halen. Uh, is a staple in my life. It's uh, it's kind of the soundtrack to my memories and the experiences uh, uh, that I lived in, in the 80s, from 79 to 80. As a matter of fact, when Van Halen first burst upon the scene, uh, their first album came out in 79. So their music and uh, the type of aura that they put out, the vibe that they put out, the feeling, uh, the style of music, uh, what they represented, is pretty much what I believe I am and my fellow rockers of the 80s are. We're a bunch of no-nonsense rock and rollers, you know what I mean? We're going to kick the door and we're going to crank it up loud. We're going to carry things into our own hands. We're going to look the way we want, sound the way we want. We're going to intimidate you. We're going to enforce you. We're going to uh, rejuvenate you. So Van Halen, to me, represents uh, my, my youth up until my adolescence, you know what I mean? They've been cranking a long time. Uh, there are some uh, a lot of great tunes I do like with him with uh, with Sammy. Uh, he also did uh, a, a squint with uh, Gary Sharon, who was uh, the former lead singer of uh, you remember that band More Than Words. And uh, uh, Van, uh, Eddie Van Halen also worked with uh, Michael Jackson, yeah. which he had a bad experience working with Michael Jackson, oddly enough. Yeah, and, and he uh, did the beat it uh, riff, uh, and I believe he didn't accept payment yes. for that or credit. Uh, the only thing that I believe they no. gave him was a, uh, a a six pack of beer. Yeah, I believe so. But and and I heard that uh, uh, Michael Jackson's monkey handed it to Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> and he gave him that beer. So <laughs> what the hell's up with that? But uh, I mean, Van Eddie Van Halen to me is probably uh, another coming of Jimi Hendrix. You know, just such as I thought of uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, but Eddie Van Halen was in a class all by himself classic pian- pianist uh, he came his bloodline came from musicians uh, him and his brother i think uh, they were like you know what i mean no yeah. thunder and lightning thunder and lightning uh, i would probably describe uh, halen brothers as the thunder and lightning of rock and roll and i think you you mix in uh, some of the great backing vocals by michael anthony and the great uh, front man the the king performer the circus uh, leader uh, diamond david lee roth and you had a powerful storm when it came to van halen music And that storm continued, even though the climate changed a little bit with uh, uh, Sammy Hagar uh, entering the band. But uh, definitely uh, an improviser of so many different uh, sounds of the guitar, tones, the way he would uh, set his vibrato. I mean, just I mean, dancing on the fretboard the way that he would do. I mean, you you know, very rarely will you see it again, uh, you know, except for maybe if you anybody recalls Randy Rhodes was very similar also trained classically in music yeah individuals like that bro they just they make a concrete pillar in music and rock and roll you know eddie's uh eddie's 1978 instrumental solo eruption was voted number two in guitar world's readers poll of the 100 greatest guitar solos of all time that's a beautiful uh solo that he did dude i mean 
you know, when you first put the needle on and it cranks on, you're just like blown away. It's like, whoa, that's that's just this dude on the guitar. And you can, you know, you can listen to it and you could visualize, I mean, his hands working that fret, those strings getting bent and it, to the magnitude that he's bending them and the speed, it just incredible. You know what I mean? Like like a perfectly screeched uh, hot rod rolling down the highway, full velocity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know that he was recognized as or popularized tapping. Um, he didn't really invent the tapping technique yes. because it was already been used by flamenco guitarists at least, what, a, a, yes. a century or half a century before then. Tapping the strings in rock, he was the first and uh, just a pioneer of it. So definitely yeah. we are going to be remembering and honoring the memory of guitarist, songwriter, and inventor Eddie Van Halen. Uh, coming up... We have a spectacular interview with two icons of rock and roll FM radio. Now, Toscano, before we dive deeper into our show, uh, let me ask you, what would be your favorite Van Halen song of David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar Van Halen? Well, being that I was a teenager when Jump came out, and it, that's the one that hit me first, I would say Jump. But I also liked Panama. I mean, I liked all their stuff, but I, I really liked Panama. However, there was a part in Panama, and I, and I know you'll remember, where he starts talking very in a very sensual way, and he says he leans his seat back and puts his hand between his legs. And oh, yeah. I, when I, I kind of felt uncomfortable every time I used to hear that part back in the 80s. But I, w I would still say Jump in Panama are my favorite uh, Van Halen songs. That's a classic line. I, I got to give it to Diamond Day for coming up with that line. And that's like a, like I wanted to mention, uh, Van Halen had uh, sex appeal. I think they brought the sex appeal to Los Angeles rock and roll. I think they, they took a little bit of that uh, bad boy kind of... Uh, exotic male stripper look oh yeah hardcore rocker and they glamorized it and i mean it's sold you know what i mean i mean i think so many bands try to be sexy and balls out like van halen but i mean come on man you can be an imitator but you're not the innovator that's right you know there were definitely entertainers in the full sense of the word and i mean they were performers when you went to see van halen right. you went to see a show Right. You know, a full blown show, and uh, from the beginning to end, yes, you did. It was it was just uh, entertaining from A to Z. Well, all right, if you just caught us here on Back to the Eighties, you're just in mm -hmm. time. We have a very special guest to continue the talk and remembering and honoring one of the greatest musicians, rock guitarists, songwriters of all time, the great Eddie Van Halen, and. Tonight, we're talking to Marshall Thomas of KFROG 95.1 FM in Los Angeles. Marshall yeah. is also Chang and myself's mentor. I mean, how great is this for That's us correct. to have our mentor on the air on our show? How great is it for Marshall to talk to two guys <laughs> that put him in the mentor position? How great is that? <laughs> You yeah. know, you know, I, I would, I would call that pretty Changerific, my friend. Changerific. Changerific, <laughs> man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being with us, Marshall. <laughs> uh, it's, I've been looking forward to it actually since we set this up. Um, man, a great pleasure to be with you. Yeah, 
K-Frog is just part of my resume. And quite honestly, like tens of thousands of broadcasters uh, come March of 2020, uh, I, half of broadcasting got laid off. Uh, my, oh, okay. my company alone owns 250 radio stations and every part-time employee there got laid off, 250 stations. Wow. So you multiply that by iHeart, uh, you know, Bonneville, um, Cathedral, <clears throat> all the other big broadcast entities. Radio took a major, major hit this year. And uh, will it recover? Like everything else, we don't know. Who knows? Well, that explains why we have more podcasters competing with us. Dang it. Oh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> everybody and his dog is trying to start a podcast. <laughs> I literally, I yeah. was at the beach the other day and I, I, I had my window down. I drove by this couple, a guy and a gal, they're on the street corner. I just had to turn the corner right by them. And what I'm saying to the other, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And I had my window down and I yelled out, yeah, I'm actually thinking about stopping a podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's the a wave of the future. It really is. Um, and, uh, it what, is. And who, whoever would have thought this, right? I mean, when I was growing up and listening to guys like you and, and to others really big here in, in Los Angeles, you know, we all wanted to be on the radio. We always, I mean, that was the goal, right? right? And, and and it's still the goal for, for a lot of us. But however, yeah. we always yeah, imagined really. ourselves and pictured ourselves being on the air at a studio. We never thought that the studio would come to us at some point. I mean, that is just a marvel of technology. It really is. And, you know, had you told me back then, hey, guess what? One of these days you'll be carrying this little device in your pocket and it has music and pictures and whatever the hell you want. I'd be like, what? Yeah. I, I no, that's like Jetson stuff. Uh, that's uh, sci-fi. <laughs> we are here, and it's it's here to stay. Yeah, uh, yeah this year, twenty twenty, is going to change the way we do everything, and it's already affecting oh, yeah. twenty one. So, this is it. I know that we talked last time very briefly that we had you on the show, and it was great having you on. We learned quite a bit about how radio was, but now, unfortunately. I mean, 2020 has just uh, hit us in a way that no other year has. Somebody sent me a very funny picture today and it had a black screen and on it, it was just, it just said 2020 written by Stephen King, directed <laughs> by Quentin Tarantino and soundtrack, soundtrack by Yoko Ono. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> That's horrendous alone. Now, Marshall. Marshall, you go all the way back to the days of carts, true? Yes, indeed. Your- yeah, that's ancient technology, the carts, that was tape. And they were in cartridges that looked like an 8-track, for anybody who knows what an 8-track looks like. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. The car, um, they looked identical to an 8-track, only they were 4-track, not 8-track. And uh, that was the only mm-hmm. difference between a radio cart and what you play in your car. But yeah, I did use carts. Uh, and they sounded horrible. What, uh, but you also did reel to reel, right? You also did reel to reel and reel to reel. Yeah, I still own a reel to reel. It's behind me, stuck behind me. Uh, I need to get some belts for it. You can still send away for them, and I'm going to get my reel to reel working again because I have hours and hours and hours of my old air checks from all the way back to K West and KZY and uh, just man, yeah. It, uh, so yeah, I, I would like to digitize some of that stuff at least before it all disintegrates. Hey, Marshall, you, yeah. mentioned, you mentioned KZY. Wasn't that 95.9 in uh, Orange County? 
You know, yeah, it was uh, it was in Orange County, not too far from Disneyland. Yes, yeah, um, so it was ninety five nine, right? Yes, it was Ball Road. It was on Ball Road, and yeah, yeah I, I remember there was. Uh, I was yeah. working at the time when I used to listen to to KZY. Now this may have been after you, but mm. there was a there was a character on there named Scott Free. Do you remember that? I worked with Scott Free. I know Scott Free. Scott Free, unfortunately, uh, uh, passed. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, uh, I, I worked with him. Oddly That's enough, you should got wonderful guy. And I'm getting chills right now. Um, oh my god, this, this is just too much for me to know. I mean, 2020, and now yeah. I know that. Uh, I know I probably Scott Free passed away way before 2020, but yeah, still, this is news to me. Mm. Well, when I went to work at K Frog, there was this guy doing seven to midnight at K Frog, and it was Scott Free, and right. I knew him. I knew of him. Never worked with him, but I knew of him. I mean, he'd been around LA radio a long, long time, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to actually get to work with him, he's a care. Oh God, he had a great sense of humor. Uh, he had an unusual voice, uh, and a lot of that was from health problems. Uh, his voice was kind of high pitched, but sure, that was due I, to some things going on that he couldn't control. Yeah, and I remember, I remember working uh, at a company that used to sell PSAs. Believe it or not, they sold PSAs. Okay, yeah, and the company probably still does. But uh, and I also want to give a warm welcome to Ted Ziegenbush, who's on the line. Uh, Ted, uh, can you hear us? Ah, uh, yes, I can. Can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. So we're remembering and honoring the life of Eddie Van Halen. We're going to make it very simple, guys. I just wanted to attack this on two fronts only, and that is on a professional level and on a personal level. So basically asking the question to you three, and that is, what kind of footprint did Eddie Van Halen leave in the music world? Let's start off, let's start off uh, with that. Marshall. Oh, gosh, whatever. You know, you have to remember that uh, he was a child prodigy. It wasn't just that he, you know, his mom and dad bought him a guitar and he, he learned how to play. It was way beyond that. He was a force to be reckoned with. He loved music so much that it was really part of him. That guitar playing was his language. And he was a, I mean, he really was born with a gift like Beethoven or, or, or Bach. Uh, a lot of people may not know that um, when he was a real small kid, uh, his parents would take him down to Long Beach and he did this year after year where they had a, a piano uh, competition and 2000 kids would show up and he won it every year, five years straight. Yeah, and uh, his teacher would help him with his music. And it got to the point where he, his teacher said, look, you're going to have to turn the pages. Of, I can't stand here and turn the pages for you. And he noticed one time that Eddie wasn't turning the pages. He had learned everything by ear and watched his teacher's hands. That's genius. Uh, he was just, he wasn't just a guitar player and he wasn't, uh, he was beyond talented. It was a gift from the source, if you will. Ozzy Osbourne said he and Randy Rhodes were probably the two best guitar players in rock and roll at that time, in that era. And I would 100% agree with you, Marshall, on that. 100%. They, they were like prodigies. It was uh, like their whole purpose in life was to... Uh, create musical pictures that will, will will tend to stick with people forever, kind of open up their own mind, but mm-hmm. musically. And you had to be on another level to connect with that or understand that. I mean, I agree 100% with you. Eddie Van Halen is probably, was uh, the, my generation's coming of Jimi Hendrix. His father was also uh, trained in the music profession. True. So... So I believe that the brothers just were handed this uh, 
this torch and, and, and they ran with it and they ran with it as long as they could. Uh, Ted, what do you think? Uh, what type of a footprint did Eddie Van Halen leave on this earth? Well, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, point toward Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys as being a musical genius uh, for the things that he did with being normal tune or normal instruments and created something that nobody had ever heard before. And Eddie pretty well did that when he wanted the guitar to sound a certain way. Mm. Uh, he was able to build his own unique sound that became the signature you know, sound for Van Halen. And uh, I shared a story a little bit earlier, a few days ago, when we were launching a rock station out in San Bernardino that, that is still album rock to this day, KCAL FM, very popular mm. station, was soft rock when I worked there in the early 70s, uh, much like a coast in Los Angeles. And um, almost overnight, virtually, we changed the station into 24-7 album rock. And we had to, you know, go through the library, grab the albums uh, to make the launch of the station a success. And there sat Van Halen, who had just, you know, come up on the scene and what could be hotter than that first album, the sound that they gave us, um, right. the excitement that they were starting to project in the music industry and specifically for album rock stations. Uh, some people were saying, believe it or not, that at that point, uh, progressive rock or hard rock, as it was known, was beginning to fade. And Van Halen mm -hmm. is credited with saving that particular format now i don't know if i can stretch stretch it to that point you know but they certainly were the top headliner uh they proved that when they got the one and a half million you know for their appearance um california jam 1980 certainly shot them into a, a higher elevation than they'd been before yes. but when you look at that late 1970s when you had things like the Knack with My Sharona and songs like that coming out, mm -hmm. uh, you could say that Van Halen pretty well saved, uh, you know, loud guitars rock and rock and, and roll. Yeah. Uh, do you also have to attribute that they brought a sexiness to rock and roll? <laughs> uh, something like the sexiness yeah. of a, like a Sonny and Cher type of, <laughs> of good looks. Uh, they yes. had that bad boy kind of uh, theatrical, sexy, male stripper look i would think for some girls i mean you know with the karate kicks of diamond dave uh, uh that's true the hair from eddie van halen uh the the little moves he would do his painting uh painter pants outfit with the uh, frankenstein his guitar <laughs> uh alex alex van halen with a headband and no sleeve everybody was looking for their own unique stage presence i mean when you have to compete Correct. with previous previous eras and people like jim morrison and things like that. And ACDC had their version of yeah. uh, stage presence that just, you know, drove the audience crazy with their antics. Mm -hmm. and, but I, you're right. You know, I had that. That was not top of mind. But now that you bring it up, that's absolutely true. And again, um, you know, maybe it was right, right place, right time. Because when you start looking mm -hmm. at the early 1980s, the movies that were coming out, the hairstyles that everybody had. Yes. The, mag the, the, yes. the fan magazines that everybody were, I mean, we had gotten mm -hmm. past Tiger Beat and some and 16 and some of those teen magazines. And 
Yes. People that were over 18 were actually looking at these mags, you know, not um, not for anything else, but because they were fans of the band, not just the music. But I, I was thinking earlier, how many bands, unless you were a true rock and roll fan and you just knew everything about every group and every artist, how many people, because I know Van Halen, you could name the members of Van Halen off the top of your tongue because there was so yes, much publicity exactly. about them and so much mm-hmm. information that was coming out. You know, whether uh, mm-hmm. whether you talk about David Lee Roth being the lead singer or this, you know, brother group, one used to play the drums, one, you know, and they flip-flopped and all right. You knew the band members' names. Even if you weren't a diehard rock and roll fan, you knew plenty about Van Halen because they were yeah. the headliner, they were up at the top, or they wouldn't have gotten the money that they got for, for that show. Chang, uh, what kind of uh, footprint did it leave on you as well? Now, Van Halen, uh, I think of Van Halen as the soundtrack to my life. Uh, if I could put uh, make a movie of my memory of uh, some of the things that I've done, the experiences, the antics, I would have to say that Van Halen is in that an impression in my mind, and it, it, it goes with majority of my life, I think, in that aspect. But the footprint uh, Eddie Van Halen left with me and the band Van Halen was uh, pure, unadulterated, oh, kick-ass, L.A., love us or hate us. We're raw, we're brutal. To me, Van Halen represents kind of the mindset of... Uh, my fellow 80s rock where where we're going to take it to you hard we're going to pull no punches we're going to hit you in the face with everything we can we're going to dazzle you entertain you make you laugh make you fall in love with us and you're never going to forget us that's to me what van halen represents and you're going to look sexy while doing it how about you marshall (laughs) how about you marshall what uh, type of footprint or you know, Mark, did that leave in, well, in your life as a listener? Bandex. I didn't try to follow him in that respect. <laughs> um, no, you know, what I appreciated was I'm a little bit older than Chang even. Uh, you know, and I grew up with a record collection starting at 10 years old. I started collecting records. And so I was listening to, at that age, people like Roy Orbison, Gene Vincent, Eddie Cochran. Um, so when Van Halen came along, I thought, okay, these cats are pretty cool because, uh, you know, they they did a kinks song if you remember early on you really got me yes yes and they crashed really got the me, hell yeah. out of it and i thought these guys are freaking off the hook and then later on they did the roy orbison song oh pretty woman it was in your face loud and proud and it had finesse and the sexy aspect of it and uh, there was no um, no turning it down when a van halen song came on the radio and we were all very happy to play them you knew people were turning up their radio all over town and in their cars or wherever they were because it was freaking uh, Van Halen. Yeah. So it, uh, for me personally, and I, you know, I went to see him, of course, you know, back in the day, uh, radio was a little more generous with tickets and things of that nature. Uh, things are pretty tight now in the yeah. 21st century, but um, uh, we went to every show all the time. And uh, yeah, I was blown away as I was with so many other acts, but they had everything. Uh, Diamond Dave at that point was healthy enough to jump and dive and, and you know, do acrobatics and, uh, you know, it, it, just the whole band. They were, you knew they were a unit because they would look at each other and yeah, all that's all it took uh, to make a change. It, uh, if a key change came up, all they did was look and nod and it, it, it was synchronicity at its best. Yeah. Van Halen. Yes, I agree. 
You know, I had no idea that he was from the Netherlands and that his family had moved to Pasadena. I thought they were from Pasadena yeah. originally, but they moved to mm-hmm. Pasadena in 1962. I had no idea that they were Dutch. And they didn't wear wooden shoes. It's a European name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I knew I knew that. I just, you know, expected him born and raised in, in good old good old Pasadena. You know, their album 1984 went five times platinum of the year after its release. And then the lead single, Jump, which is Enter Toscano, where I entered the whole scene with Van Halen, back when MTV actually played music. And the first thing on my mind when I used to watch that video, Jump, besides David Lee Roth doing the splits, was Van Halen. Did you know that he did the original synth on that and also the guitar, of course? Yes. Yeah. I had known that because uh, I have that album. And uh, yeah, I used to watch MT, but I will always stand on this video killed the radio. So I will go with that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I used to like to check it out and then uh, check out some cliff notes and stuff. I mean, you know me, dude. I just I live and breathe rock and roll. Rock and roll is pretty much uh, one of my uh, hobbies and one of my loves. It's just it's in the blood. Now that we're remembering, now let me ask you this on, on a more, uh, I guess, somber note. The day that we found out, I know it caught everybody as any any time that somebody who is well-known passes on, we all feel it as a shock, as, as death usually hits everybody. But when it's somebody who has done so much in the music world, in this case, it hit the musician especially hard. Uh, Marshall, would you be able to uh, talk to this point a little bit oh yeah you know these are devastating i I mean hell for someone my age when i opened the paper one day and saw elvis died i i weep uh i i wept i it was uh it's just that a a crushing blow yeah and so for all the rockers out there from 77 on that follow van halen back in the days when they were playing gazaris for nothing and and the go-go and all those clubs up and down the boulevard, Perspiration radio station I worked at was a block away from the whiskey. We were there all the time and they played there all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, and so they became more than just a rock band, especially to LA fans. You could yes, go up to did. their old house in Pasadena. Everybody knows the address and drive by it. There's a bunch of flowers and stuff out in front of it now, but um, no, they were, uh, it's a shock. You, you, it raises goosebumps when you read the news of somebody like that passing uh it's it's it, and musicians and most of my friends are proponents of my friends are musicians and it's yeah it, it's it's tough um he uh the band itself and eddie was uh a force to be reckoned with and uh, uh you know obviously he had his share of issues a lot of musicians do um and it took its toll on some of his fellow musicians when the word gets out it's it'll it'll stop you in your tracks and you say wow you know 65 years old really um he should still be with us and uh, rocking yeah um, ted what about you uh yeah i you know when i first heard um i was in shock and then for a minute you know it came back to me again that he had been ill and he'd been you know he had been fighting uh the cancer that he had but still you know it hits you like a ton of bricks because um when you connect the music to things that happened in your life, to events in your life where you were involved with that music. Now, specifically for me, it was because I was on the radio and, you know, that was one of the exciting points 
uh, of my career and Van Halen just happened to be there launching their first album at the time that I got into album rock. But, you know, then I moved to another station across town out in San Bernardino. And when the first time I heard Jump, I said, oh, my God, that's one of those songs that literally jumps out of the radio at you. That's exactly what radio stations are looking for to make them sound unique. And I think that's one of the things about rock music that as, as programmers or people involved with it, while everybody says, you know, country music all sound, every song sounds the same, you know, and pop Mm -hmm. music became that way for a really long time. And we went through the seventies with the mellow music, the not to criticize, but Olivia Newton, John and John Denver and all of that, that, Everything sounded the same. And then you have somebody come on the scene who shakes things up and really gets excitement back into the into radio stations again. And when you look back on that and you, you, you when you think about the fact that these guys um, were not taken seriously by a lot of people early on in their career, there were people who said, well, Gene Simmons, you know, trying to trying to get them signed to his label and having people say to him, there's these, there's no way these guys are going to make it. And I've heard from people mm-hmm. and maybe you've, you've also seen, you know, posts pop up on Facebook and different places. People used to go to shows early in the career before, you know, they got their record deal. These guys would, would appear in places like a Canyon out in the national forest Two or three hundred people would hear about the concert. They would show up, yes. hear the guys play a lot of cover tunes. You know, they were, uh, granted, they were playing cover tunes. But mm-hmm. I, I heard from a guy who said, I remembered seeing them. And then one night I was driving along I, I, and I, I had KMET on the radio. And I heard them say, and here's a couple of guys from Pasadena with, with, uh, you really got me. And he said, I, I real I I had I almost you know had to hit the brakes and pull off the road. I thought I thought these guys would never make it. I liked them. I thought they were a good band, but oh my god, they're on KMET. You know, and yeah. and you look back and you think about the talent, the excitement, um the the uh, energy that they brought to album rock and to music in those days. And it hurts to think, you know, because you, I mean, obviously you start thinking about your own mortality. When we hear about rock stars mm-hmm. dying at 70, that's one thing. But when people start dying in that middle gap, you know, okay, he's not 27. He didn't do an overdose. Okay. He's not 70 and we didn't hear him for decades. It's like, oh, God, you know, it's so, it's so tough. And you think, you know, well, yeah, living living the rock and roll is a dream to be a part of it, but it's also a very tough life. You know, the time on the road, the ups and downs, the contracts you lose, the times that you feel rock bottom and nobody wants to take your phone calls. And, um, you know, you just wonder how much that wears on a person's health, mental health and physical health over the years. And it's just sad to see somebody that talented uh, leave so early. You know, Eddie Van Halen, I heard him on an interview today just briefly saying that if they wouldn't have made it with their big album, 
1978 or 79 or something like that, their very first one where they jumped 19 on the billboards. He said, we yeah. would have probably been the world's greatest uh, cover band. Jang, how did that affect you um, <laughs> on a personal level? Well, you know what? I can, uh, I agree with both gentlemen and uh, Ted nailed it, yeah, immortality. Uh, w when I first heard the news, it was a mortality check. I, I literally had to sit down where I was standing and uh, my youth ran in front of my eyes, my teenage youth. And, yeah. and I went over a lot of my friends that I have lost uh, at, at, at our age at 55. Uh, I think I've lost maybe 27 to 35 class members of my high school. So, <clears throat> you know, the first thing I thought of was that. And the second thing, I thought I was blessed and, and I was very fortunate to have seen him play three times. Uh, and uh, it was just like, wow, what an incredible loss uh, to humanity. Uh, and, and I mean that by the music that he made. Everything that he made was, uh, it was almost like a fine whiskey, a fine wine. Uh, no one else could duplicate that that taste. Nobody could come up with that ingredient. Uh, no one will ever make you feel exactly the way he did when he picked up Frankenstein and picked those strings. So to me, it was a, a reality check, a smack in the face, and one of the hardest, bitterest farewells. I, as a rocker and a music fan, you have to put in your mind and say goodbye right then and there. You look up to the, I looked up to the sky, uh, threw my peace sign, and threw a kiss up to him. You know, thanks for the music, thanks for the memories. Uh, when you. When when we lose individuals with that kind of uh, charismatic beauty, uh, that talent, that ray of sunlight, uh, it kind of uh, puts us all in the realm of, wow, the world really is changing, just like it did when John Lennon passed. Uh, so I attribute Eddie Van Halen like that. We're never going to have another individual like that again. We will never be touched or entertained that beautiful again. So I, I would say that's the way I'd sum it up. What do you guys think that this generation of both musicians and music lovers can learn from from the legacy of Eddie Van Halen? Marshall, wouldn't you say uh, to a young musician about Eddie Van Halen, what, uh, uh, something he would uh, teach the, the musician of today is hone your craft, stay original. Play with your heart, play with your emotion, educate yourself on your music and your instrument. Make your instrument become your soul, your voice, your touch of your finger. Uh, that in the beauty of itself is what music is all about. It's that touch, that connection, that vibration, uh, that unity that uh, I think we now in this modern time need so much of uh, unity. Uh, I think you're familiar with what I used to say on, on Toscano and Chang. Uh, only through unity will we seek prosperity. Right. And I think Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen's uh, music uh, illuminated that to all of us in, to yeah, a certain I, degree. I personally got goosebumps when you started your latest thoughts there, because in my mind, kept, I kept hearing hone your craft. Hone your, and then you, you use those exact words. I mean, to an artist, to a musician, um, getting on the getting on the road is everything because you you want to see mm -hmm. the reaction from the fans you you want to feel the energy right. from the fans and you want the income you know and you want the promotion and the marketing of your latest product um, and right now that's just not possible 
And uh, unfortunately, um, because radio is going through their own dilemma, uh, not an identity crisis, but just a, a health crisis as to how do we handle this? How do we employ enough people? How, how do we market our product when people mm-hmm. aren't working as much, when people aren't traveling as much? There's not going to be the exposure of the music that there was uh, even 10 years ago. And hone your craft. Um, you can always be better than you are today. I mean, there. I mean, right. you know, when you we've lost, you know, several musicians over the last few years. But, you know, you look like a, a group like Yes that started touring again and drawing. And then Chris Squire passes away. And John Anderson yeah. has a voice problem and he can't sing with the group and they have to look for another lead vocalist. And um, it's, it, 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 you hate to say it, but it's constant change. There will always be change. Right. There will always be valleys and you have to find your way to, to dig out of it. And, um, you know, I wish Eddie had been able to dig out of his, his, you know, health valleys, but um I understand that he and Hagar, you know, kind of reconciled for whatever that's worth, however much you want to buy into that. Um, But, you know, the difficulties that happen, this is a time not to have strife within a group or strife within partners. This is a time to bond together and just say, look, we got a lot of time to practice. We got we got time to be creative. We got time to think, you know, because you're not on the road and you're not participating on a regular basis. Now is the time to get experimental and see if you want to do this over here or that over there. I mean, Crosby, Stills and Nash, mm-hmm. Young, they re, you know, they reinvented themselves from the first album to Deja Vu to the next thing, and then came almost right. full circle again back to more acoustic stuff. So right. uh, it's just an. I look at it as an opportunity, and you have to stay optimistic, or you'll you'll you go you know you'll go uh, work some check stand you know just to keep your sanity you can't be in it for the bucks you have to be in it for the passion and you have to always say i'm gonna make it i I, i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it i know eddie and his brother must have said that you know i am sure they didn't Mm -hmm. they didn't reject the first rejection letter they got or the first people that said you guys aren't going to make it they didn't care they enjoyed performing they enjoyed getting in front of 200 people you know You just have to remember that. And I think one of the biggest things that I've learned from all of this and as a musician and as a a music lover myself, and something that I think that this generation needs to learn is that the musician does something from the heart. People like Eddie Van Halen don't come around too often. And whatever he left for the world to enjoy, we can all get a little bit of that. We can all get his feeling, his heart his spirit and his essence through what he played. And I think that he knew that. And I know that that he wanted to share that exact same thing and leave that as his eternal legacy for everybody. We're going to be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Back to the 80s. We never stop. Never stop. Not even when it hurts. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Non stop. Unforgettable memories from the 80s. Back, back to the 80s. This is Back to the 80s. Toscano from Toscano and Chang here. We were talking with Marshall Thomas and Ted Ziegenbush, one of our great mentors, Mr. Marshall Thomas. Let me ask you this. I'll start with you. What is your favorite Van Halen song? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I had mentioned earlier that it was their cover songs that they were so famous for doing in the clubs and such that when they recorded them, I thought they really did a good job. Not all cover copies are... In my estimation, I, I, as a record collector over the years, I collected cover copies on purpose, and some are real clinkers and stinkers, and some rival the original. And I thought, when I heard Van Halen do The Kinks, you really got me, and, and Roy Orbison's uh, Pretty Woman, I thought, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can uh, strip it up uh, <laughs> and turn it up to 11. And, How about Happy Trails? Yeah, right on, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> I would have to say probably one or the other of those probably um, there. I still, if I hear one of those songs, it gets um, you going, it gets you going. I'll turn it up. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would have to say it's there. Some of their cover copies, not that I didn't like jump and, you know, uh, Jamie's crying and all of those um, Panama. Uh, it's gotta be one of my favorites, but uh, yeah, there, there's too many, too, too numerous. Uh, uh, to pick one. Yeah. yeah. But, Ted, well, what's your favorite Van Halen song of all time? Uh, normally I would say jump because I love that song so much. And I love Panama too, by the way. Uh, I love songs that jump out of the radio at you, but uh, because it was the debut album, because it never became a single, but yet it ended up being, I would say our most requested song on KCAL FM when, uh, when I was doing mornings out in San Bernardino, mm. every time I pick up the phone and believe me, because we were the new kid in, in town with the rock and roll, and we didn't have anybody out there other than the weak signal from KLOS or KMET in Los Angeles. <laughs> when we started playing that Van Halen album, and every time you picked up the phone, hello, KCAL, can you play Jamie's Crying? <laughs> I mean, oh, it got to the point where we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't get upset. We said, my God, they <laughs> love this song. They love this group. They love this music. They love us. You know, I mean, we we felt united with with uh, Van Halen because they were at the launch of of us launching a great sound and a great radio station. And to me, that song is just locked in my brain with the endorphins that went off and the early days uh, of rock and roll out in San Bernardino. Let me tell you, in 1979, 78, 79, they desperately needed that kind of sound and that kind of music. And I'm just glad that we were able to provide it and that there is something like Van Halen's music to look back on and think, wow, what, what a marriage, what a connection that was back then. Cheng, Cheng what about right. you, uh, Mr. Rock and Roller? You're, you're going to pick something out of your sleeve that uh, nobody's heard of. Well, my two favorite songs are Atomic Punk and Dead or Alive, but I also uh, thoroughly love You Can uh, Take Your Whiskey Home, like Sweet Day would say. So those are probably my three all-time favorite Van Halen songs, each of them uh, 
represent a very special time in my mind and in my life. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, Marshall, Ted, thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, you guys have a very good night, rest of the week, and uh, just be safe out there. Thank you. I want to thank you guys for joining us here at Back to the 80s, letting you guys know that we're here every single Friday for you to come back to. So you can reminisce, you can enjoy the nostalgia, the memories that made that decade so great. From Toscano, have a great week. Be safe. Go set your footprint in the world by introducing the 80s to a whole new generation. See you next Friday. Chang here, everybody. I want you to have a great weekend. Stay lifted and gifted. Put a smile on that face and go out there and stand up for something good, bigger than yourself. And remember to always, always do what you got to do to be the right kind of person for somebody else. As I release you, I want to wish you all an adios, arrivederci, hasta la vista, and to all my homies in the hood, orale. (laughs) 